Ho ho howdy and welcome to But It Was Aliens. Hello! The alien comedy podcast where we probe Santa, elves, house elves, elf, Legolas, Dobby, you name it, at Christmas we'll probe it. Because this week we have a Christmas special! Christmas time. This. I fucking hate Christmas. Really? Mm. Why? I love Christmas. Everyone's so happy at Christmas. I worked in retail for far too long to enjoy Christmas. I worked in retail whilst I was studying, son. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Christmas was every six months, not once a year. But as I think soon as... a couple of years, I'll be fine. Uh, uh, see, for me, as soon as I finish work, I'm shut off from work and I'm in happy zone. Happy zone! I am now. I'm happy at work, to be fair. You're sounding slightly <laughs> miserable. <laughs> I don't like Christmas. I fucking hate Christmas. This is going to be our first Christmas together as podcasters. And I thought, what, what better way to celebrate than probe Santa? Himself. But then I thought, I didn't want to be on the naughty list this year, so instead... I have a lesser-known Christmas fable you may not be familiar with. Before that, I should just clarify that I'm still Kevin the Grey, and I'm going to point at Mooney so he can introduce himself. I am Moonwalker. You can stop pointing now. Prick. So, in the happy spirit of Christmas, I'd like you to close your eyes right now as I set the scene. It's six o'clock on Christmas Eve, 1954. Carols can be heard down the streets. Decoration- Get a fucking Tim! Get in now, you little bastard! That Deco- was my impression <laughs> of carols. Get in now or you won't get a potato! <laughs> Decorations light those same streets, those happy Christmas streets, as the sun sets and that bitter yet homely Christmas breeze sets in. Sleigh bells can be heard in the skies above. In that same sky above, one bright star seems to be moving towards Bethlehem. A small group of people, including wise men, are gathered on the street outside Dorothy Martin's house in Oak Park, Illinois, in the US of A, singing those Christmas carols you heard moments earlier. As the group waited, Waited for baby Jesus, you may have thought to yourself, but no. This was no ordinary nor holy Christmas vigil. This group, called the Seekers, were waiting to leave the planet. 200 further people had come to watch them wait. Why do the Seekers sound very, very familiar? Harry Potter. Quidditch. You just said three words to me that make no sense. Christmas? (laughs) <laughs> are the seekers those black robed like deathly ghoul looking things from what harry potter oh no 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 oh they're dementors correct what are the one a seeker in harry potter is a quidditch player it's the person who chases 
No, they're twats. <laughs> um, what are the ones from Lord of the Rings called? Legolas? No. Frodo? Bilbo? Samwise the Brave? There's something I've seen where Seekers are like ghoul-looking things that look like or look quite similar to Dementors. No, it's not those Seekers. This is a group. The band. A group of people. Called a band. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you continue. Um, You'll let me I take that and now it's <laughs> Um, how many seekers are there? Numbers are between eight and 50, I think. And it also says that 200 people came to watch them wait. Yes. So people were aware that aliens were living amongst them. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) So. Waiting to leave Earth. Yes. In spiritual sense no or in a physical sense we're gonna get into that (laughs) but we're talking physical son physical they weren't gonna kill them were they no okay a day prior dorothy had received a message which explained that the group was to wait at that place coincidentally happening to be dorothy's house at that time for a flying saucer to land The Seekers waited for 20 minutes, but nothing. The Christmas air began snapping at their skin. With that air getting colder, the Seekers went back inside. No ship had come. This wasn't the first time. It was the fourth. (laughs) This is the fourth time they'd waited. (laughs) Yep. And no one turned up. Yep. Was Dorothy sitting there with her shoes on? And all she had to do was to signal the ship was tap her heels three times, but she never did it, so the ship never came. You might be bang on the money there. <laughs> so you're blaming Dorothy. Yep. So why Dorothy's house? Was it like a, not a portal? But a landing like, zone? Yeah. Yeah. Why not at Dorothy's house? Was it just going to land in the front garden? And be back. Like, Hi, we're here. <laughs> in the back garden. Be sensible. This group. The Seekers, yes. Had they spoke... (laughs) Well, they clearly didn't. But how did they get this message that they were going to be collected from Dorothy's back garden? Right, should we rewind to the start (laughs) of the story? I know the exact sound effect I'm going for here. (laughs) Hit it! (laughs) So Christmassy. I'm a little gangster, Santa. (laughs) Excuse me, Mr. Reindeer, Santa. So it all started (laughs) as these things often do with a prophecy. The father will kill the son. Gold would be their crowns and gold their burial shrouds. That kind of thing. This prophecy was that a world-ending flood was coming on December the 21st, 1954. This was an original prophecy that definitely hadn't been inspired by any earlier writings. Meanwhile, 
Dorothy had received this message from those whom she called the Guardians. She's been playing... When was this? 1954. So she hasn't been playing too much Destiny. Maybe she's time travelling. Ooh. Then I was correct about her not clicking her heels and signalling the uh, ship. She met a wizard that came from the moon. (laughs) So, Noah's Ark in 1954. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. This clearly isn't based on Noah's Ark. Where did you get that from? The Ark of Noah, 1954. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. This is original. This prophecy is original. Dorothy Martin. Prophesizer. Ark the Noah, 1954. (laughs) Who are these guardians? And do they sound like Peter Dinklage? (laughs) Because they have literally just read the story of Noah. And please don't tell me these seekers have paid money toward, like, not for this information, but they're paying money to the guardians. Please tell me they're not. Please tell me they're not. Well, I'm not going to tell you anything right now because we're going to cover all of this. Because these, right now, happen to be the most gullible people <laughs> I have ever Just you heard of. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel a yes coming <laughs> so profoundly. But yeah, all you really need to know at this point is that the Guardians are the aliens talking to her. So, can the other people see the Guardians? No. Or can not at this only point. she see the Guardians? So she received this message from the Guardians. So In no one has... paper form? Or did they come and knock on the door and tell right. her? You're asking too many questions that I'm clearly going to get onto, <laughs> so I'm just going to move forward. <laughs> Dorothy would describe the first prophecy to her followers. I should add at this point that Dorothy was involved with Scientology as it formed between 1950 and 1952, though I couldn't confirm any exact details, and she had an inherent interest in UFOs. Dorothy would say that she felt a tingling in her loincloths, sorry, her arms, and the arm felt warm all the way up. Dorothy did not know why, but on feeling this feeling, she picked up a pencil and notepad that happened to be laying beside her bed, so she was obviously in bed when this happened, and her hand begun to write in somebody else's handwriting. So she just held the pen in a different way and started to write. <laughs> she received a message from the Guardians, and it was written in the Guardians' handwriting, I think is safe to assume upon hearing this information. No doubt whatsoever. Yep. So her subconscious, well, not even her subconscious, her conscious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The story. And she was like, I'm just going to write this Are you down questioning someone else's the reliability of Dorothy? Oh, Dottie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Well, you ain't getting into the group, are you? I don't want to be in any group where they play Quidditch. So I don't care. Dorothy and her seekers can all go flock themselves and their brooms. It's Christmas! Cheer up! (laughs) Crikey! Have you not slept? You've been too excited for Christmas. Busy time of year. (laughs) I've got New Year's to worry about. So looking at the handwriting after writing what she wrote, Dorothy thought to herself, 
that it looked strangely familiar. Is that because it's hers? (laughs) Although she knew that it was not her own hand. Her hand wrote it. (laughs) But it wasn't her hand. So as her hand strummed out the warning of the coming flood, there came a promise at the end that Dorothy and other believers only would be rescued by the Guardians on December the 17th. Dorothy actually had followers at this point. I read an article on TheAtlantic.com that suggested that one of her strongest followers, Charles Luffhead, was a doctor in Michigan and was asked to resign for teaching his beliefs and upsetting some of his students. Imagine being taught at university that guardian aliens are coming to collect you from a lady's house. Did you go? No. Um, I have a question. Question. What does she do to have followers? Spreads her message, don't she? Of what? Well, of the Guardians coming to collect them. Because they believe. Only the believers get in. Is that it? It's like the most exclusive nightclub in space. Is that literally all she's done? Well, she was involved in Scientology prior to this. So they've obviously got some pretty interesting beliefs that I'm not going to get into because we're probably going to cover that at some point. Although I'm slightly hesitant because we might get assassinated. Um, Isn't it Xenu? I'm reluctant to discuss anything at this point. But, yeah, space lizards and whatnot. Anyway. Okay. So she was attending conferences. (laughs) (laughs) She was attending, like, conferences and all these sorts of groups with people, respectable people, sharing her ideas and whatnot to the point where she began growing a following. Okay. So she was very persuasive. She was very convincing because it was... Truth. Uh, yeah, convincing, I suppose. Not persuasive. She was speaking the truth. She was seeking the truth and speaking the truth. And that got her followers. Indeed. Imagine what her followers would be like if she had Instagram. Ooh. <laughs> She'd have 28 followers. <laughs> but yeah, a doctor was among her strongest followers. So a man of academia completely believed... Have you got a picture of Dorothy? Hold that thought. Okay. Because I'm just wondering yeah. if that's why he was following. <laughs> was he following because of what she said? Or is there more to it? I want you to remember that question for when I show you a picture of her. Okay. But I can un- totally understand why he was fired as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that fateful Christmas Eve night, some of the followers there... Singing carols. Sorry, I'm just going to... Just while it's in my head, I'm going to go back. I understand why he was fired. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I was a teacher and I was to tell everyone about Lord Voldemort, I would expect to be promoted. Pardon? You heard. I heard? Doesn't mean I understood. If I was a teacher... Yes. And I started spreading the word about Lord Voldemort. Yes. And how everyone should worship him. Yes. And follow him. And Harry Potter is a whiny little bitch. Controversial, but continue. True. I will continue. It's true, not true that it's controversial. I would expect to be promoted. How? <laughs> well, I wouldn't this want is, to be this is... <laughs> Why would you expect to be promoted? Because... Lord Voldemort is the way. You don't even like the franchise. Or do you now? No. 
I really don't. But he's a key part well, of the franchise. Fair, I have no issue with the franchise. I have no issue with the world setting. I take issue with Harry. That whiny little bitch. I hate whiny protagonists. Is he that whiny? Yeah. Only in one of them that I can no. think of. He cries in every single one of them. Just a whiny, whiny little bitch. I would love to see you in Harry Potter there's, as Harry Potter. <laughs> if that happened to you, you were the chosen one. There's two things that are highly respected in two separate worlds. And I can't stand even one of them. One is Harry Potter, because he's a whiny little bitch. And one is Evangelion in the anime world. It's a bunch of shit. And the main character is a whiny little bitch as well. With respect. And I know that is going to sting to some of you out there. Yeah, with respect to that subculture, I've got no idea what that is, so I'm going to move swiftly on. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, that was one hell of a diversion there, but shit. So, as I said... Praise Lord Voldemort. Going back to that fateful Christmas Eve night. I love how you've turned a Christmas episode into Praise Lord Voldemort. (laughs) Praise Vold. (laughs) How about you stick a Christmas hat on Lord Voldemort and then it's a Christmas one. There you go. He'll look like Jack Skellington. Praise Lord Voldemort. (laughs) So Christmas Eve night. Some of the followers there singing carols were not actually followers at all. They were aliens. <laughs> now nah, I'm kidding. They, oh, were so- <laughs> they were scientists. So a team of researchers from the University of Minnesota were studying social movements and had learned of Dorothy and her followers and identified them as the perfect field study. They started flirting with Dorothy and her seekers in October until they earned her trust and they studied how she and her followers dealt with the disappointment when the aliens did not show. That's again sneaky. And again. <laughs> yep. You're probably going to get into this. I am, yes. But were they meant to show up on the same day each year or was it different points throughout the year? Different points throughout the month. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So three of the researchers, two years later, released a book in 1956 called When Prophecy Fails. I haven't read the book per se, but I am actually genuinely familiar with it from one of my degrees because it formed the backbone of the theory of cognitive dissonance. The theory of discomfort you experience when two pieces of knowledge you hold don't quite go together. A popular example is that you take your dog for a walk and you pick up its turds in a bag because it's good for the surrounding environment. One day, it cranks out an absolute steamer and you realise that you've left your bag at home. So you deal with the knowledge you're being a bit shit, that uneasy feeling, by justifying it. Like, it's okay, I'll remember the bag next time. I always pick up after my dog and it's good for the environment this one steaming sideways shit will remain. People do it all the time. We learn things like this at the MIB Academy because it's difficult disproving alien incidents when you know that aliens are out there. Well played. Educational. That's a bit shitty on that scientists. Scientists? On that scientific team, though. Covert, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's real ethical issues about that. Earn their trust and then betray them in... In that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I went in with 
and told them from the start we would like to you know study your group but then how would you go about doing that what would you say <laughs> we Excuse- see you as a science project <laughs> you guys seem absolutely bonkers and we love it <laughs> please may we come live in your house so three times four times that month they were meant to appear mm-hmm. and didn't mm-hmm. okay first time yeah fair enough they didn't turn up <laughs> second time mm, how how much longer are you staying there if that happens <laughs> i'm staying till the end <laughs> i want to see the misery in everyone's faces as they realize they're idiots <laughs> If you were a believer. That's a pretty big stretch. (laughs) (laughs) If I was a believer, I'm standing to the end because I believe. How long do you think it would take before you stopped? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be out. Three seconds after they're supposed to arrive. No. I believe that aliens can keep track of time. They're on time. Or they're early. They ain't late. What about you? I mean... What if Dorothy's dyslexic and the dates that she (laughs) wrote down are totally different to what was actually in her head? That's intriguing. So she wrote 1954. She meant 2054. Don't know about 20. I mean, she won't live to see that long, but... I mean, what if she got the numbers completely muddled? Like, because wasn't one of them the 17th? Yes. So what were the other, like, dates as well? Right, shall I move through the story so you can understand more? Mm-hmm. So back to that first instant of the aliens not showing up on December the 17th, 1954. The book outlines that they were supposed to turn up at 4pm. Dorothy's followers all took off any metal they were wearing as this is obviously necessary before you board a flying saucer that may have some crazy magnetism by 4:10, with all in the back garden nothing had happened so dorothy went back inside swiftly the others trickled back in with the last going back in by 5:30, obviously struggling to come to terms with what had not happened in the house the seekers chatted about it and decided that it was just a practice session what do you mean it was a practice session <laughs> Uh, Cognitive dissonance, son. That's like you saying you're going to come and pick me up at half five. And then I go and stand outside at half five. You don't turn up and I go, oh, maybe it's just a practice session. (laughs) He'll be there next week. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Makes no sense. Um, So she swiftly goes back in. So she's like, oh. She's like, oh, bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) I've screwed this shit up, and I? And then the rest are like... She's sitting inside, the rest come in like, that was a practice one, wasn't it? Do you reckon this carried on simply because someone stayed out until half five? If they would have all said sod this and gone back in when she did, it would have lasted, like, it wouldn't have lasted. How firmly that last person out there believed started to convince the others Mm. that actually they weren't late. This was just a practice. So I'm not sure whether the Seekers came up with this and Dorothy just had to follow to save face at this point kind of like Romanek having to keep up the alien stories once he'd started or whether Dorothy came up with this herself but it had been agreed the UFOs would land when the time was right and when everyone was well trained for the arrival it's starting to make sense how this kept on happening now isn't it 
Everyone just believed that someone there wasn't well trained. Look, they'll turn up when you're ready. This ain't their fault. <laughs> it's on you. If you believe enough, <laughs> they're coming. And this was 54 as well. It wasn't like 1600s. <laughs> how, how is this a thing? Is that rhetorical or? <laughs> how, is eggnog alcoholic? It's Where? Christmas time. It's not something we have here. I don't know if there's alcohol in it. Have they been drinking too much of it if there is alcohol in it? I can't explain their behavior. To I'm, be fair. I'm trying to look for logical reasoning. Even if they had been drinking... This has happened four times over a prolonged period. But it's unlikely they would have been continually drunk from like October until December the 21st. Think about it this way. If we were there and it happened the first time and we were drunk, we would find it hilarious. <laughs> so we would go the second time to see what happened. <laughs> and then we would go the third and the fourth what if everyone had so that same Half the seekers thought? are actually there for a giggle. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking, what the hell is she going to say? They're this? just wondering how long this can go on for, rather than that they actually believe it. That's the only credible thing I can come up with, or logic, logical thing I can come up with in my head right now. I like it, but these guys are hardcore believers. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so faced with the information that aliens hadn't shown... When they truly believed they would, the Seekers had a fair bit of cognitive dissonance going on. Rather than forget or change their mind, this group doubled the fuck down and looked for new information to reaffirm their beliefs. This is actually a great example of how when people are faced with evidence that completely murks their beliefs... <laughs> Merc, I've known that word in years. It somehow causes them to fall into their beliefs even more strongly. I feel like I'm a university lecturer knocking it out of the park at this point. So at midnight, as the 17th rolled onto the 18th on that first time, Dorothy received another message. The UFOs were coming right now! Everyone had to get on board or be left on Earth forever. This information reinforced to the followers that they were absolutely correct in their belief. The Seekers legged it back outside, having removed all metal again, but one follower realised, my bra has metal in it! So those wearing bras whipped them off and left them inside the house. The Seekers waited for two hours, but come 2am, still no aliens. <laughs> I feel like you've found the Christmas spirit now. I'm in. <laughs> Did anyone see her receive this new message or did she just go into another room and happen to receive the message? Because at this point, it's midnight when she receives this message. I'm not entirely sure, actually, but it did strike me as a little bit unusual that she's in her house and she's got all these followers just <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm surprised that they haven't used the fact that time is different in different places so when they say four o'clock they might mean four o'clock in another part of the world oh you dick <laughs> <laughs> i take it that's next i don't know that it's next but i've definitely mentioned that 
<laughs> Shortly. <laughs> You're an asshole, shaka. <laughs> I know you mentioned earlier about no metal because, you know. Yep. Magnetism. Magnetism. Yep. But surely that's bullshit. Why would that be bullshit? I thought can that was you, probably the most reasonable part of this story. <laughs> can you imagine something being made of metal not allowing metal near it? Don't think of a giant magnet. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, what about the Large Hadron Collider? Can you... Do you have to make sure there's no metal Nothing. No nothing in there. But then it depends on how strong it is because there's iron in your blood. People so, aren't allowed inside the Hadron Collider okay. itself either. There it is. I'm talking <laughs> about you the ship, get demolished. to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Because if you can't have any metal when the alien ship arrives, the message didn't say anything about not having any metal. Hmm? So They've just jumped to the conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, are you expecting these people to be logical at this point? They've just went to get picked up by aliens twice in less than 24 hours in the back garden of Dorothy's. I'm expecting logic where I don't expect it. (laughs) (laughs) So, the next day, the Guardians made contact through Dorothy once more. They left a lengthy message written by good old Dot advising that the aliens were not late nor did they ever keep anyone waiting. The aliens confirmed that they were not a disappointment. So roll on midnight on the 21st of December. Not again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, again. I don't understand how these people can... There's no answer there. Like, I don't understand why they can keep falling for it, but there is no answer there. It's like, we're coming at this time. No, we're not late. We didn't leave you waiting. And you're not a disappointment. But you're still not here. See, that's yeah, stroking but, their egos a little bit. But we're not late. <laughs> and we didn't keep you waiting. <laughs> so what time are you coming? Four o'clock. Four o'clock rolls around. Gets to 4.01. Gets to seven o'clock. Sorry. Um, we're not late. And we didn't keep you... Yes, you fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. I'm going home. Uh, happy Christmas. <laughs> So exactly as before, the aliens did not show. But this time, after the disappointment, most of the group refused to speak about it, excluding five folk. This leads us up to Christmas Eve, where we started our story. It turns out there had been so many observers come Christmas Eve 1954, because the Seekers had sent out a bloody press release. They were so damn convinced that the aliens would be coming at this point, despite the three prior setbacks, that they sent out a pissing press release. Dr. Charles was caught by a news reporter after the aliens didn't show on Christmas Eve, and the interview, which there isn't a video of to my knowledge, was transcribed. The reporter asks the doctor if the aliens sent a message saying that they should be waiting at 6pm, and the doctor says... No. He tries to blag it off after having contacted the papers earlier to let them know about it. The reporter goes on to say, Weren't the spacemen supposed to be here to pick you up? The doctor says that there was a spaceman in the crowd with a helmet and a white gown on. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> he says that there was a spaceman in the crowd to justify that spacemen did come. Dr. Charles then states again that they never said aliens were going to take them away and that the group had only been there to sing Christmas carols. He then goes on to blame the size of the crowd for the aliens not showing up. <laughs> this reporter had him by the balls. They sent a press release after they didn't... Oh, my God. We as a species can be moronic at times. There's that quote from Men in Black. A person is smart. People are dumb. It's spot on. (laughs) What? Why would you send a press release out? They were just so, so certain. And why are you so certain after it never happened three times before? (laughs) This is the time. Come on, come on, press. Watch us get taken away. Do you reckon they did it? Just like, it's going to happen this time. It's going to. We're going to do it. Right. It's going to happen. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) So where was old Dot when all this was going on? Inside. She she ran off? Yeah, she was inside the house, weren't she? Of course she was. But yeah, the the doctor was not having any. I was just about (laughs) to say, when he tried to splag it, that there was a spaceman in the crowd. Yeah. But weren't the reporters there? Yes. So they saw no spaceman. No. Once he pointed out where the spaceman was, obviously he'd gone. <laughs> Too late. They should have looked. Rather than thinking they were all stupid, they should have looked around themselves and noticed a spaceman sat right beside them. The doctor knew. The doctor knew. Of course he knew. So then came Christmas Day. At 4.45am, Dorothy announced a new message. The Lord had been so impressed with the Seekers that they decided to spare the Earth. A new person turned up on Dorothy's door and the Doctor and Dorothy thought that this person may actually be a spaceman. So they questioned him before seating him in a place of honour at the dinner table. But after this, the believers began to leave the Seekers. But not all lost their faith. Dorothy herself went on to form the Order of Sananda and Sanat. Kumara in 1965 which were the names of the two guardians she communicated with. I should add that Sanat Kumara is actually considered a lord of the Great White Brotherhood a spiritual fraternity. This lord actually appears in some Hindu texts. I did look into this but honestly it made even less sense after reading it all. So of course we were saved and I take it their belief and the fact that they followed these rules four times was enough for our planet to be saved. So they should be hailed as saviors. And they didn't need to be picked up anymore. The aliens no longer needed to come to pick them up because the Earth was going to survive. So what was threatening the Earth? Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, were they going to destroy the Earth? And Um, only pick up their believers? I genuinely can't remember if this was another entity destroying the Earth, such as the Guardians. I don't know that it was the Guardians, or whether it was just an asteroid or meteor or something. I really can't remember. I researched this one so long ago and obviously been saving it for Christmas. But regardless, the threat is gone. What I really like is the random alien bloke just knocking on the door, getting a free Christmas dinner. 
What do you reckon that was? What, the person? Sorry, yeah, who? Not that. <laughs> Just a homeless man <laughs> who wanted a bit of food? <laughs> I was he, wondering if it was a reporter coming in to try and get some I think dirt on them. had it have been a reporter, they would have wrote the report straight afterwards. Yeah, I think it was just someone who was hungry. Fair play to him. <laughs> Why not? Got a seat of honour. Got he, a really uh, good dinner. He noticed everything that was going on and he was like, I can black this. He was thinking... Hello, I'm a spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> I've come for dinner. So Dorothy passed away in 1992 at the age of 92. She went by the name Sister Fedra after forming the order. Here's a quick photo of her for you, Granville, as you requested earlier. You wanted to know if she looked attractive. Okay. <laughs> You're showing me a picture of an old woman. Yeah. You are not showing me the picture of Dorothy at the time that she was... All right, just imagine this popular. picture minus 40 years. That... <laughs> no. <laughs> that still doesn't answer the question. I mean... Those people could have been, well, not all of them, but that doctor could have definitely, was it a doctor? So she'd have been about, in her 50s, about 54, wasn't she? 40s, 50s? No, 50. Could have been attractive. Surely right there. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think she looks a little bit intimidating. She's got a very cold stare on her. Yeah, but it's a black and white photo, so it doesn't help. Yeah, I suppose. And there's a lot of white in the photo from something else. Hmm. Depending on where you look at it, it's a shadow of a cat. (laughs) From what I've been able to establish, whilst there are other rapturist UFO religions out there, nobody has risen to take Dorothy's place. But her legend lives on. Just as we summarise here, I should probably add that many of the Seekers had actually quit their jobs to follow Dorothy no. and gave away possessions too, believing that they had no need for them. This wasn't even the 60s, so I don't know that we can consider drugs like LSD as a contributing factor. It can only be described by aliens. Oh, also, Dorothy's husband was a non-believer and slept upstairs throughout <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, he knew what was really going on, didn't he? He was like... For fuck's sake, Dorothy. <laughs> Eno. Were there drugs that were huge in the fifties? Mm. Although I don't I don't think there's gonna be a, a drug that's gonna cause behaviour like that. There was no report that, that I saw about drugs to be fair. They didn't see anything. This, so I mean, whether people in the group took drugs or not, the group wasn't renowned as a drug taking group. And the only other thing I can think of that's similar, to be fair, is Heaven's Gate. But I don't want to discuss that too heavily because we might probe that at some point. But that's a lot nastier than this. So from the 17th to the 24th, she had all these random people in her house. (laughs) Yeah. Literally waiting for aliens to turn up to take them away. And the husband just kept out of the way. (laughs) What a lad. Do you reckon they, uh, or she, was she on drugs? I've Not got... necessarily the followers, but her herself. Again, there were no reports of drugs. I'm not saying that she wasn't. I'm just saying that it's not known that she was. Was there a big surge in cults at that kind of time? I can't understand why <laughs> this happened. 
I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Santa's elves? Was, was he? Were they drugging everyone? Oh, people are stupid. Yeah, what a Christmas. So this has been the tale of Dorothy Martin and the Seekers. Dorothy, a lady whom foresaw that a UFO would land outside her house and take her followers from the earth on Christmas Eve 1954. But it didn't. That was actually the fourth time the aliens hadn't shown after Dorothy had handwritten a prophecy in different handwriting to her own, stating that aliens would come to take she and her followers to save them from a great flood. The first time the aliens didn't show in Dorothy's back garden on December 17th, 1954, the Seekers decided that it had been a practice run for the real visitation that would follow. Then aliens didn't show again on the 18th or on the 21st, Despite this, the Seekers were so confident that they sent out a press release before the Christmas Eve event leading towards a big crowd coming to watch. The Seekers then blamed the crowd for aliens not showing, although they also said that an alien was in that crowd. The next day, a new man showed up and got a free Christmas dinner, with the Seekers believing that he was an alien. The Seekers disbanded shortly thereafter. Dorothy went on to form a new alien religious order before passing away in 1992. University researchers studied the Seekers and came up with the theory of cognitive dissonance. Any final thoughts before we conclude this true tale? I have a final thought myself. We were talking about how the world was going to end in the prophecy. We forgot that it was going to be a flood. Oh. Oh, yeah, because it was... uh, Yeah, Noah. Noah. It wasn't Noah, yeah. Or the Ark of Noah. Yeah, it wasn't that either. The new Ark of Noah. It wasn't anything to do with Noah, an Ark, or a flood. It was just going to be a flood. But it wasn't a flood. So she wasn't told to build an ark. This spaceship that was coming to get her was... Going to save them all. Yeah. So yeah, any theories about... Sorry, any thoughts or theories about the case before we get to that conclusion? After it disbanded, how many do you reckon followed her to the new order? One. And I'm being generous. (laughs) Does it say what happened to anyone that disbanded? Not really, no. Like, what they fought afterwards, or... No, not that I saw. I actually have nothing else. Like, it blows my mind that these people were stupid enough to believe it. Yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't alive in the 50s. I don't know what it was like, what cults and... Things like this. I mean, and with the, should I say, with Roswell not being too far from there, in terms of it was, what, six, maybe seven years after Roswell, people and aliens, like, wasn't so much of a mad thing to think of, was it? It was almost a craze that everyone was thinking of aliens, yeah. So I suppose... I suppose I could see why some would believe her. The amount that did. I feel like you're being really generous there. (laughs) I really am. It's Christmas. (laughs) You've given them a present. So, Granville Moonwalker. This is bullshit. The moment has come. Hold on, hold on. I ask you, in this Yuletide festive fun zone, are you saying that it was aliens? Hold on. Think about it. Let me think. No! (laughs) Think about it first. No! 
I'm not this saying is not yeah, I'm not saying it was aliens either. How could I? This tale has been one of my favourites we've covered though. I literally love the fact that the aliens didn't show up, so they just changed the script a little. Then they didn't show up again, but people still believed. They just kept on believing. When things went wrong, they blamed other people and kept right on believing some more. They were so confident that they notified the freaking press. It's just amazing. It's made me really want to look at some more cults or religious alien groups. How many do you reckon are out there? Well, like I said, I know of one big one, but it's not a very nice case. Are you going to look into this one? That one? in her... Second. Oh, oh. Order. Um, I haven't looked into it deeply at all. I don't know. I don't know that anything could occur quite like what occurred well, <laughs> in this event, quite I never frankly. thought that anything like this could occur. <laughs> Maybe she took what happened in this one and built upon it for the new one. Mm, maybe. And had the names of... Were they Hindu gods? Yeah. Had the names of those so people could see them in religious text and believe they're real. So I think it's probably more likely she went on to write a bunch of theory and scripture and books and stuff. I doubt she made... novels. Yeah. I doubt she made the same mistakes again. Any final thoughts? Nah. Do you want to join the Seekers? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I just um, throw my Seekers jumper. (laughs) It's it's a Harry Potter reference. To be fair, I feel like you'd probably like it more if it was Seekers rather than Harry Potter. (laughs) Praise Voldemort. (laughs) For Christ's sake. Voldemort's not going to give you presents, is he? You can't just nod at me. (laughs) (laughs) I can Right, thank you boys and girls and everyone not included within those labels for listening to But It Was Aliens and Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I hope you're all on the nice list this year. What do you think you're on, Granville? Ooh, that's a good question. I reckon you're naughty after today. 51.49. Not liking Christmas. That's got to be at least 80% naughty. Fucking Scrooge. But then, not liking Harry Potter should put me 90% on the nice list. I feel like the audience is going to be on my side rather than your side with the Harry Potter debate. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should put that to a vote. What? Is Harry Potter good? No. <laughs> is Harry Potter a whiny... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, now that's a different question. <laughs> you know the answer. Because you're reluctant no, to peop- do it. I'm still thinking people are really passionate about Harry Potter. But if you put that question out there, that's kind of a comedic context i'm not being comedic i know you're not i'm just saying if you saw like say a tweet with that question out there you'd probably chuckle to yourself and be like yeah he is (laughs) because it's true so have you asked for any presents from santa do you think that santa is an alien what about sweet baby jesus are you asking me (laughs) i'm asking you whether you think sweet baby jesus is an alien sweet little baby jesus um probably best not to comment on that one I was about to say <laughs> Sweet little baby Jesus That was it To be fair I'm not commenting If you come from a He didn't come from the earth did he He came from heaven That's another world That's technically alien Technically 
I think we've just made Jesus an alien. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We may just found a new probe. I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> right. I was about to ask. Not right. If you thought Rudolph, Rudolph was a UFO. But I suppose he wouldn't be classed as one because we know he's a reindeer. Or is he? It's Rudolph and Alien. Right, anyway, we are going to head off now to drink Santa's rum and eat his cookies. As always, you can check out our socials, such as But It Was Aliens, on the Twitter. On that Twitter! But It Was Aliens podcast on Insta. And check out But It Was Aliens on Facebook, and you can join us in Extraterrestrial Towers. We are renovating, and there is space for more to join. Join us! Together, we can go to the roof and wait for the aliens on Christmas Day. Again, thank you all for listening each and every Thursday. And remember, if you think that Santa is an alien, if you think that aliens stole your presents, they didn't. You're just a twat all year. But if you're in doubt about anything, I am telling you, the truth is up there. Hashtag Ho, ho, ho.